0: When one's heart is right with the Lord, their life is filled with just that, life and peace. The life and peace that only the Lord can bring. It reminds me, Jesus that Jesus says, I have come, they may have life and have it abundantly.
1: Welcome to Live in the Light. We're glad you stopped by for an important message today. My name is Craig Turnbull, and I get to be the host of this program. And in a moment, you'll hear from our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simon. Hey, we're in the middle of a series looking at the book of Malachi. It's a series entitled, Return to Me. And today we consider the powerful truth that the Lord wants our hearts. In particular, Malachi's message is for the priests of ancient Israel. But as we'll see, there are dramatic applications for all of us in God's Word today. The Lord wants our hearts, loved ones. So let's dive into God's Word together. And let's turn things over to Pastor Robbie with today's teaching from Malachi chapter 2 with a message entitled, O Priests, This Command is for You.
0: See why this is so devastating? God's like, I don't have your heart, man. You're not honoring my name. You're doing things for yourself. This is about your glory, your ambition, and therefore dung's on your faces, and you now will be removed from the very presence of God. You have now forfeited the blessing of the Lord in this context, in Malachi. And he says, instead, there's gonna be a curse upon your life. God takes the cheapness they offer to him, and now he says, that's not gonna... Now, how do we apply... The context of Malachi 2 and the old covenant, how do we apply that now with the new covenant? Let me just say this, man. In Jesus Christ, man, the curse has been paid for. The curse is taken away. I mean, we are there's, there's nothing that will remove our status in the Lord Jesus Christ ever, ever. We are saved in him. We are loved by him. We are forever forgiven every sin, past, present, future. We will always be a child of God, never lose our salvation. We are his. Jesus says, none of me. The father gives me, I will cast out. I will not lose, not, not, not one, not one. So we understand that. We understand our salvation is 100% secure. We will never lose our status. We cannot be cursed by God under the new covenant. Somebody say, praise the Lord, all right? That's really good news, okay? But listen, I think one a good verse in the New Testament to help us to relate to the old is from Galatians 6. In Galatians 6, Paul says this, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. He says, you will reap what you sow.'" If you reap the flesh, you will sow the flesh, you will reap the flesh. If you reap the Spirit, you will reap the things of the Spirit. In that context, Paul is saying, if you live your life for temporal things, if you keep sowing of the things of the flesh, you will reap the equivalent. If you reap sow of the Spirit, you will reap of the Spirit. So we see here, my status will never be removed in Jesus Christ, but if I live for the world, if I live for self, if I live for my own empire, if I live for the honor of my name, I will reap those things as well. And, it won't be great. So I can't be cursed. But Listen, I won't be blessed in the same way I would if I was living in the fear of the Lord and the honor of the name of God. We can certainly grieve the Spirit of God. And as we grieve the Spirit of God, then all of a sudden, the presence of the Lord is harder to discern. And through our sin that remains unconfessed or we're just not broken over it or whatever, then we find ourselves drifting away from the perceived presence of the Lord. All that to say, loved ones, we apply it now to us, how important it is that our hearts are pure before the Lord. How important it is our hearts are for the Lord because our heart determines everything. Our heart tells who we are. This is why Jesus said in the greatest sermon ever given, the Sermon on the Mount, he says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. You see that, you see that, you see that? So Jesus is, what does is, what is pure in heart mean? Pure in heart means sweet intimacy and communion with the Lord. The pure in heart of those who are so closely in pursuit. Just like that Psalm we just sang, simple pursuit. That, that's it, man. That's that's pure in heart. A longing, a wanting to be so close to Jesus Christ. For therefore we see God. So if you take that verse and apply it in the negative, those who are not pure in heart of a very hard time seeing the Lord a very hard time noticing and observing where he is among their lives. I want you to also notice too, from the moment this book began, the hearts of God's people have wandered from the very first verse and specifically the priests. And listen, the moment their hearts start drifting is the moment they start drifting away from God. When we start drifting away from God, then we are drifting towards inauthentic ministry. We are drifting towards a ministry that is devoid of the presence or the power of God within it. That's why this is such a big deal. Authentic ministry always comes down to the heart. Now, loved ones, if you know me, if you've been in this church for more than just a couple of months, let alone a few years, you know this. You know how much I care about the heart. You know how much I care about your heart, like your heart. I pray for your heart and mine probably more than anything else. Why? Because where our hearts are at will determine where we are at will determine where this church is going. I often feel sorry for our staff. I feel sorry for our elders. Cause I'm just, I just, Robbie always talks about the heart. I just always, oh, the heart, I always bring up the heart. Oh, the heart, the heart, the heart. Because listen, listen, why do I talk about the heart so much? Cause God talks about the heart so much. Here we are again. To, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm just reading to you what's in the, in the word of God. And God comes back and he says, man, I need your heart. I need your heart. I want a heart. It's not going to work. And so I feel bad for our staff and our elders sometimes, but at the same time, I don't feel bad because you give me a heart that loves the Lord. You give me a heart that's truly, authentically humble before the Lord. Give me a heart that's for the Lord Jesus Christ and not for their own glory. Man, I just I will walk with that person a long way. You give me a person who's seeking the desire and favor of the Lord Jesus Christ and is not again about their own glory, their own elevation or ambition, and I, I will walk side by side with that person with tremendous enthusiasm because that is the man or woman who is guaranteed to find the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. I just love the heart and you should too because the heart is everything. So one more passage about the heart, okay? Thank you, thank you, all right? 1 Peter 3, Peter speaks to the wives and he says, wives, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of your hair, the jewelry, the clothing that you wear. And then he says, so this is, Often um, I got I got four kids I got two boys two girls and our uh, two girls right now seven and five and and you know they're classic girls sometimes and pretty in their hair and you know and like to make sure they're kind of looking a little bit neat and nice and stuff and that's all good no problem but I'll come up to them and I'll say you know it's okay to look pretty on the outside but what's the real beauty what's the what's the most important part of your beauty daughter I know dad the heart. The heart, you know, the heart, whatever. But I want to tell them over and over because our world is obsessed with external appearance. Our world places all value and identity and what you look like on the outside. But let's hear how God feels about that. Do not let your adorning be external, the jewelry, the clothing you wear, but let it be the hidden person of the heart. the gentle and quiet spirit. Now listen, 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 ladies. All bless you on Mother's Day for this is precious in the sight of God. The Lord looks on the heart of every woman here right now and says, the beauty I value, the beauty he even says. I love that God's word says this. I mean, you can look it up yourself here today. What's precious to me, God says, is the hidden person of the heart. That is true beauty. That is what God works within. That is where our value comes from. It's what's on the inside. Authentic ministry always comes down to the heart. Number two, an authentic heart then will always blessed. Authentic ministry always comes down to the heart. An authentic heart then will always be blessed. Look at verse four. So shall you know that I have sent this command to you that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. Okay, what's happening here? God has made a covenant with the the Levitical priesthood specifically Aaron, his sons and grandsons, okay? Now the Lord wants the covenant he made to stand. So notice in the text, this is why I send my command to you. Priests, I'm commanding you to get your hearts in the right place because I want to bless you. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to recall the covenant of Levi and how blessed they were because they honor my name, they fear me, they love me with their heart. I want you to do the same, priests. Priests, listen up. This is the person I bless. This is the ministry. This is the leader. This is the heart that I bless. So notice in verse five, he now details the covenant with Levi. He says, my covenant with him was one of life and peace. I gave them life and peace to him. So this signifies this. When one's heart is right with the Lord, their life is filled with just that life, and peace, the life and peace that only the Lord can bring. It reminds me of Jesus, that Jesus says, I have come, that they may have life and have it to the full, have it abundantly. And so Jesus says in the gospel too, he says, I, my peace I give to you, my peace I Leave with you. Let not your your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. My peace I give to you. Hey, maybe you're here right now, man. You are wandering. You are troubled. You are filled with anxiety. You are miserable. You have no purpose. You don't know why. You're kind of even here in the first place. Listen, Jesus Christ is the answer to every question you could ever have. Jesus Christ is the definition of life. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. Jesus Christ is the one who gives peace. Jesus Christ is the one who comes and lives within you and causes you that you will never die. You will have eternal life. You give him your sin, you turn from sin, you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You receive the grace of what you cannot earn. Jesus Christ then comes and lives within you and living water flows from him in you and through you to be life and peace to others because that's what Jesus Christ does with him. You're here to today. Jesus Christ is glory. Jesus Christ is life. Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega and the King of Kings. Jesus Christ is the one who grants every person who truly wants to see him and love him that they may never ever die. They may know that he is the King, that he is Lord, that he is life, that he loves you so much, loves you so much with an everlasting love that will never ever be broken and it only takes the person with faith to say I'm a sinner and need of a Savior. I give my life to Jesus Christ and then the covenant of God that he says here will be true with you that you then will know his life and peace forevermore without end, amen, okay? That's what Jesus Christ does. And you're here today, life and peace is found in him. Call to him, cry to him, give your heart to him. It's amazing to me when our hearts, believers, you know this, when our hearts are nestled up against the bosom of Jesus Christ, it is there we never feel more alive, we never feel more safe, even in the midst of the storms, especially in the midst of the storms of life. We never feel more loved. We never feel more again secure. We never feel more full of vitality and supernatural clarity because we will never, ever stare in the face of Jesus Christ and feel let down. See, this is what God's trying to say. He's like, priest, listen, man, I made a covenant with Levi. It was one of life and peace. It's the best place you could ever be. And now he says this. He says, I want you to see why they were so blessed. Let me let me detail who the leader is, and in this case, the man or woman of God here today. Who it is I work within. Who is the person I Who is the person that will know my blessing? What is their makeup? What are they like? Four things from the text. This is who God works within. Number one, a leader of reverence. The Lord will work within a leader of reverence. Look at verse five. My covenant was life and peace. I gave them to him. Now look at this. It was a covenant of fear and he feared me. He stood in awe of my name. Fear, awe, reverence. Here again is the theme of honor and awe before the Lord. This is again why reverence is so important to the Lord. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The fear of the Lord is who God makes friends with, Proverbs says. And what happens with those who fear the Lord, who honor him, who revere him? This is the leader the Lord can trust. This is the leader the Lord can use. This is the leader the Lord will fill. Don't ever underestimate the power of fearing the Lord. Let me ask you this question. What separated David from every other Israelite when facing Goliath? Let's brother David. You can put it in a couple of words, but I'll tell you, man, at its root, it was he was fearing the Lord. He feared the Lord so much to the point as a young shepherd, teenage boy. Amazing. He feared the Lord so much. He didn't say, what's the saying that goes, the Israelites looked at Goliath and said, He's so big, we'll never win. And David looked at him and said, He's so big, I cannot miss. Right? What is that? That's faith. That's fear of the Lord. And David hears that Goliath is insulting God and his people. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And then David says, he's approaching Goliath and Goliath. Who is this? I'm a dog coming to you with sticks or whatever. And David says, you come to me with a spear and the sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And sure enough, bam, it's all over. And David wins and lives in the fear of the Lord. Let's go forward to the early church. In the early church, you have the apostles, they're being beaten, persecuted. They are being told directly, stop preaching Jesus, stop preaching the gospel. And they respond by saying, I'm sorry, we must obey God, not man. Why? Fear the Lord, man. And how blessed they were, how hard life was, but they left rejoicing. How can that happen? Spirit of God, fear the Lord. What's the secret to John the Baptist's life? Here it is, John 3.30. John the Baptist looked at Jesus and says, he must increase, I must decrease. What is that? Fear the Lord. Do you, do you believe that as you become less, you actually get more blessed? See, everything within us in our world and flesh says, no, I become more, I become more. Not with Jesus, man. In Jesus, you become less, you actually get more blessed. That's why I surrender all we saying today. Awesome. That's it. The more we surrender, the more the blessing of the Lord falls upon our life. It's rooted in a leader of reverence, number two, a leader who loves truth. Look at verse six. True instruction was found in his mouth and no wrong was found on his lips. Notice true instruction. This is the leader God works in. What's true instruction? It's a love for the word of God. It's kind of difficult to exaggerate how important this is for our day. Simply put this, a reverence for the Lord is a reverence for his word. You cannot be used of the Lord and not revere his word. You know, there's a trend in our day. There's a trend in our day in the church that is saying something like this. Like, you know, just give me Jesus and let's just kind of put the Bible to the side. In some cases, it's that explicit. Just give me Jesus and then, but the word of God kind of gets in the way because it's coming up against our culture. The thing that boggles my mind about that is this thing. Listen, you don't know Jesus unless you have the word of God. Without the word of God, you have no idea what he said, what he's like, or what others said. You just don't believe God's word is God. It boggles my mind. Furthermore, Jesus loved the word of God. I read Matthew 5 yesterday morning, not one dot or iota will pass from the law. Jesus held up, Father, sanctify them in the truth, your word, your word is truth. Jesus loved the scriptures. And I'm just, I'm trying to understand in my mind, if we start to dismiss the Bible, we don't worship the Bible. We worship the Savior, the Messiah, revealed in the Bible. I mean, ignorance, Jerome said, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ because you cannot know Christ apart from the Scriptures. God fundamentally so clearly works within those who love his word, not because they worship the word, because they worship the Messiah, Jesus Christ, revealed in the word. True instruction, God says. True instruction as opposed to false instruction. God honors men who honor his word every time. Thirdly, a leader of character. A leader of character. Look at the second half of verse six. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many from iniquity. Notice, peace, um, uprightness, uprightness, holiness, godliness. This is character. Character speaks so loudly through our lives. Notice here too, notice, notice, character impacts others. See in the text there, it says, and they help turn many away from iniquity. What's the powerful, most powerful part of a parent at home? Most powerful part of a dad at home is walking in care. The impact of true authentic character within a home is, is, the impact is untold. The impact of a mom, 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 mom today, the impact of your character before the Lord. How many times have we heard the testimony, the, the overwhelming impact of a mother walking with integrity and authenticity before the Lord and the fruit that is seen. That is so awesome. The pastor, the elder, the spiritual leader who walks humbly before the Lord in his own brokenness and sincerity. I cannot tell you how beautiful this is to me. When I see a man of God who is being led by the Lord, who is authentically broken before him, who is trying to walk in humility, he's never perfect, but he's looking to the one who is perfect. And I, I, I cannot tell you how much this excites me. I want to, I'm so attracted to get as close as I can and try to warm myself on their spiritual fire. Because, the, when, because when the Lord authenticates someone like this, it just you can't fake it, you cannot fake it. It's so beautiful, it's so real, it's so right, and so much, so much, I beg the Lord that this would be part of this church. I think the fruit of the life that walks with integrity before Christ, the power of this character, you don't ever underestimate character. Some people wanna get so much done for the Lord, they forget to be in the Lord. That won't work long-term. I'm reading a biography right now of George Mueller. George Mueller, been dead for well over 100 years. I've read about him before in the past. I'm telling you though, like, the impact of his life to read in detail of his faith, his love, his prayer life, his dependence on God's word, his compassion, his humility, I have literally been I am digesting, dissecting, eating up this bar. It is, It is changing. I'm so inspired because I'm looking at a life lived not by him in the Lord Jesus Christ, filled with character. And it has fired me up so much. And he's been dead for a hundred years. Isn't that amazing? That's the power of character. That's the power and that's the person that God will work in, a leader of character. Real quick, I want you to see this before we go. I love showing out these kind of patterns in scripture. So in the Lord, here's what we're learning, okay? Here's how God uses and blesses. Reverence in the Lord leads to a love for God's truth and leads to a life of true character. Okay? Reverence will always lead to a love for God's truth. A love for God's truth, rightly applied, will lead to a desire for true character because God's truth always points to true character as it is today. And of course, God's word also fuels reverence. So we see this right here. If you take out, take out this, you'll never be this because this is the biblical, theological, spiritual pattern as God explains again throughout his word. A leader of reverence, a leader who loves truth, a leader of character, fourthly, a leader who guards knowledge. Verse seven, verse seven. For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge and people should seek instruction from his mouth for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. So this is simple, but this is powerful. Okay, ready? Who does God use? The leader who guards his knowledge, who preserves his knowledge. The leader who values the truth, who preserves it at all costs. I get so discouraged in our day when some leaders, they seem to cast doubt on God's word. I don't get it, man. They're trying to cast doubt and uncertainty referring to the word of God. And how's that gonna work? That's not gonna work well because when you do that, that's gonna cause others to stumble. This is what we're gonna see within our text. God loves true instruction. God wants us to guard knowledge. Notice, when you preserve knowledge, people come and say, teach me. Right in the text, people seek instruction from that individual. And God says, he is my messenger. The one who preserves knowledge is the messenger. And I just think here, even here right now, the distances people are driving for the truth. The church plants that we have planted because people are so hungry for the truth from Niagara and Brantford and Brantford, whatever, people so much want to be fed in the truth and now they are blessed where they are. Just see the, how God uses that, the, the, the preservation of knowledge in our day, the guarding of truth, and how God takes that and multiplies that because it's so blessed and so needed and God works within this so much. An authentic ministry always comes down to the heart. An authentic heart will always be blessed. Now we gotta end a little bit on a negative, but we'll try to turn it. Let me do this real quick. Point number three, this, so we gotta learn. The corrupt heart will always suffer consequences. The corrupt heart will always suffer consequences. Look at verse eight. God says now, he says, but you priests, you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by your instruction. Now notice this, okay? See what false instruction does? False instruction leads people away from the Lord. Do you ever wonder why then the New Testament is so full of exhortations and direct teaching against false teaching? So much of the New Testament is against false teaching. Here's why. Because false instruction ruins lives. False instructions causes so many to stumble. He says, you have corrupted the covenant of Levi says, Lord of hosts, so I make you despised and abased before all the people. See what God is doing there? He's saying, if your heart is not in the right place, he says, I'm gonna ruin your reputation. What do, in our day of Christian celebrities, okay? What is often so valuable to the top, top leaders? It's how they're thought of. It's the reputation, they want to be applauded. They want to be liked. They want the preservation of their own kind of self-glory and, and ambition. At least that's the temptation. And many, many have fallen from that. And God says right here, this, I've really never seen this in God's word before. It amazes me. 2,500 years ago, it was written. So relevant for today. And God's like, You're so, you are so concerned about your reputation. I'm gonna take it away from you, man. I'm gonna cause people to think ill of you. Because you from, the, you from the heart are not for me, are not for my name, are not for my honor. You are taking the form of a clergy member, but you are abusing it for your own ambition. God takes that so seriously. And this is, loved ones, we are in a day where I would say, I would suggest to you, man, I don't know if a time you ever heard of so many leaders falling and crumbling and crashing and burning. And I suggest to you, Malachi 2 verses one to nine is describing exactly why this is taking place place. So I need to say this again, two weeks in a row. As I'm studying this week, man, it's sobering to me. Please pray for your leaders. Please pray that God would preserve us in his heart, his honor, his name, his knowledge, his truth, that this would not happen to us. Please pray together for one another, for the leaders of this church, that we may finish this race in a strong way, an enduring way, in a way that gives God so glory that in the end, we might hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. So we can't end on a corrupt heart, right? That's too negative. That's kind of depressing. So let's kind of return back to the authentic heart and just let's understand this. The Lord wants your heart. Because when the Lord has your heart, the Lord has your everything. Massively important for spiritual leaders in our day, but listen, priesthood of all believers, massively important for all. So don't miss this today, okay? In the new covenant, you can't be cursed. You can't be cursed. Listen today though, here it is. Here's what God's saying. Without, without, without any mistakes, so clear, he's saying this. He's saying, people, this is who I bless today. This is who I will not bless so much. The choice is yours. This is the person I bless. This is the person I work within. This is the church that I'll be seeing my power and presence. This is the person, this is the family. This is the church I will not be so much a part of. Not, they're, they're not cursed. They're not cursed, but they will be forfeiting blessing. Loved ones, the choice is ours. Will we hear the word and hear only or will we hear and do the word? Final verse, James 1, verse 25. Look it. But the one who looks into the perfect law, as we have today, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. Notice, he will be blessed In his doing. We've heard today. It's clear. It is so clear. We have one life to live. God says, God says, this is the person I bless. This is the person not not so much. We have heard. Will we do? Oh, God, help us to respond in the fear of the Lord's name. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, your word is so clear. Your word is so strong. Your Holy Spirit, I pray, moving so powerfully within your church and causing us, Lord, to look at our lives and say, God, I want blessing. I want to honor the name of the Lord. I want to be used of you. And I pray right now, Lord, that we would respond and we would be singing, oh, Lord, I pray that you would be my vision. You would take my heart. You would be at the center of my life. Just take a moment, loved ones. What do you want to say to God right now? What do you want to say to him? He's listening. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. What do you want to say to him, to ask him, to seek him for? Such a big deal this is, such a big deal, such an important topic. Oh, Lord, move in our church, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Wow. Well, an encouraging message for sure. We I mean, pray God has done just that in your heart, encouraged you as you have found your face fixed again at the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Loved ones, if God's been stirring in your heart and you'd love to share it, reach out maybe the Live in the Light team and maybe share a word of encouragement or even to grab a copy of today's message, make sure you visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. Or you can phone us up at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's all for today, loved ones. We hope you join us again tomorrow here on Live in the Light.